Some new news, of course, uh, this week and specifically yesterday, uh, courtesy of uh, online sports publication Sportico, uh, which uh, posted a story yesterday which said that uh, nine groups in total have put in a bid to uh, buy the Ottawa Senators and uh, at least uh, two, if not more, Mm -hmm. have put in a bid that may be in excess of 900 million dollars so u.s to, to the at uh, u.s to the gabriel pizza hotline we go where uh we welcome in uh, evan noby williams uh, he is noby williams he is uh, one of the reporters who worked on this story for sportico and uh, joins us this morning how you doing uh abby i'm evan? doing well evan. guys thank you yes uh, thanks a lot for joining us appreciate it. let's let's start with kind of the nuts and bolts of the story uh that you guys at uh, sportico posted yesterday about the sale of the sins uh, fill everybody in yeah, really, really good amount of interest. Nine different groups uh, submitted bids for for the senators in, in the most recent on Tuesday's deadline. And, and for folks who don't follow team sales that often, it's a big number. It, it's pretty rare to have nine groups competitively bidding for for a franchise that's worth around a billion dollars or maybe a little bit more. So uh, a really healthy amount of interest and some big names, names that have been uh, kind of publicly out there before. Obviously, actor Ryan Reynolds is interested uh, in owning this team. Michael Andlauer, who is a minority owner of the Montreal Canadiens. He also owns the Hamilton uh, Hamilton hockey team. He's in there as well. Um, so, so, so good numbers and a good amount of bidders. Why? Why 900 million U.S. for the Ottawa Senators? Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. I think there's a few things going on here. One, hockey in Canada is a thing, right? It's it's a great business, and and these teams don't sell that often. Outside of the, the Winnipeg Jets and their and their relocation, it's been decades since a, since a since a, a Canadian hockey team sold. The second thing I think is is the real estate opportunity is a really big deal. When billionaires buy sports teams now, they don't want to just own the sports team. They want to own the real estate around it. They want mixed use development. They want opportunities to come in and flex their muscle. And a team that needs a new arena is exactly that. It, it, it makes the team more expensive because there's a lot more revenue opportunities on the back end for a team like this. Wait. And then the third thing I would say is that $900 million is a, is a lot of money, obviously, but it's not $4 billion, which is what NBA and NFL teams cost right now. So there's just a wider pool of, of rich people out there that can cut a check this size as opposed to the size it costs to buy into some of the other leagues. Uh, with uh, Eben Novi williams he's a reporter with uh, Sportico, talking about the uh, sale of the uh, of the Sens. Would you, and you talked about how few franchises are selling uh, in the NHL. The Penguins were the last one, as you said, other than Winnipeg. It's been a long time for a Canadian franchise. Would you say overall that compared to the other professional sports leagues uh, in North America, that NHL um, uh, franchises have been, for lack of a better term, undervalued? Uh, it's interesting. I think there's, there's, there's definitely an argument for that, and I think you're seeing that here, right, with, with, this, with the amount of interest here. When the Suns were sold, the Phoenix Suns, the NBA team, were sold about a month ago, there was two bidders, maybe even just the one. They got a huge price. But uh, when the Broncos were sold in the NFL last year, there was, there was just, a hand, just a couple handful of bidders. There's a lot more interest in, in a team like the Senators right now. Um, and, and again, I think a lot of that d- depends on the franchise specifically. If the, if the Coyotes were for sale, not to, not to knock the Coyotes, I don't think they'd be seeing this much interest and maybe this much of an inflated price. But again, the opportunity in, in, in Ottawa, I think, is, is specific in a few ways. Uh, and I do think there's a lot of people out there that really do feel like the, NFL, the NHL is, is undervalued. And, and if you look at the, the, the valuations the teams sell at, as a revenue multiple, uh, it's, it's way lower than it is in other leagues. 
Do you also look at this from 20 years ago, the simple fact that the risk of owning an NHL team now, God, I worked in the league 30 years ago, and everything was driven by ticket sales, risk and reward. Mm. Now with the TV money in place, you're not you're not talking about even near the same exposure. Yeah, it's, it, the business model is obviously is evolving, and, and the league adding, uh, getting back on ESPN here in the U.S., is obviously a big deal, and it came at a pretty nice, uh, at a nice price point as well. As, as you know, there's a there's a Canadian media deal that to, to be renegotiated soon as well. Um, you see valuations in leagues jump up, kind of a nice staircase up when, when there's a new media deal in place, because almost always these deals are, are worth a lot more money than than the previous one. So there's definitely a lot of tailwinds right now for the NHL for mm. sure. Um. As far as as you know and what you've been able to ascertain going forward, um, the nine bids, can you kind of take everybody through where it goes from here in terms of uh, a narrowing process? Uh, who's involved in the kind of final decision on on uh, who, which entity actually does acquire the team? How that all works? Yeah, ha- happily. And, and I, can, I can promise you that, that the folks who are looking at these bids, not all nine of these bids are... Are, are are going to be up to the standard that they want, right? You, you can tell when you get nine bids that there's that there's four or five that are that are the ones that you want to move forward with, and there's probably four or five that that, that you're willing to say we appreciate it, thank you, but but it's going to end up being someone else. So my guess is in the next few days this number gets whittled down a little bit, um, and then you go back to the let's say it's four or five people that are that are still in the running, and you say okay, ne- next step here, come on a site visit, come up, meet with executive team see the arena again you know this isn't going to be the arena in five years probably but but come up and see the facilities meet with the people there's an additional look inside the books you get more financial information as as a bidder the deeper into the process that you get so my guess is yeah that list of nine becomes four or five people come up to ottawa in various stages in the next few weeks and then they start to get serious with the one or two people um, but the thing they really want is you want a bidding war. You know, you want you want a couple groups that are there right at the end, uh, trying to drive the price of this up. And and my guess is that's what they'll end up doing is, is playing a couple groups against each other, the ones that have the biggest offer, the most interesting offer, uh, and then going from there. Uh, is this a at the end of the day? Does it become whether when it gets whittled down to <clears throat> as you said to the one or two bids? Is it become a uh, at that point a blind bid process? Is it more of an auction? Uh, you know, uh, potential owner A is willing to go here. Hey, potential owner B, are you willing to do that? And and is the final decision A who makes the, I guess the final decision ultimately is it with the family, or is it the family in conjunction with the NHL, or does the NHL uh, make the final decision on on who gets the uh, the winning bid? Yeah, those are good questions. Some some processes do kind of keep doing bidding until until they they don't feel like anyone can go higher. Another thing that happens often is you you ask all the remaining people for best and final bids. So you say, you know, we're doing one more round. So give me the highest absolute number that you that you want, and we'll consider that. Uh, and that's often that's often how these things play out. From what I understand, this is a decision that the family is going to make. The NHL obviously uh, approves owners, and if for some reason the, the the family wanted to sell to someone whose whose money was from ill-gotten ways or had a had a checkered past, I do think the NHL would would have a say in, in saying no. But for the most part, you know, with, with the bidders who are involved here and obviously the bank and, and, and the Melnick family are aware of, you know, who, who, who fits the bill for an NHL owner and who doesn't. Uh, I think in the end result, they're going to have a, a group of a couple of bidders that they know the NHL will approve. And then in that case, yeah, this is a family that the, 
And this is a decision that the family makes in conjunction with its bankers and and with the folks who are running the team. You kind of answered my next question, but I wanted to kind of make that clear because there has been a lot of information out. And I've said to people, listen, the NHL can tell you who can't own the team, but they can't tell you who can in the sense of, sure, you want Ryan Reynolds to be involved, but I think a lot of people are this perception like the league is going to tell, no, no, this is my team. You can tell me who can't buy it, but you can't tell me who has to have it. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Um, and, and there's obvious reasons why the league and, and maybe even folks, the senators would like someone with Ryan's platform uh, to be an owner on, on a minority sense. But um, yeah, that, that's, that's, not, that's not a decision that the league gets to make. So you're right. The, the way the leagues get involved here is, is, is in the rare instances where someone wants to buy a team that the league does not want to buy a team for, for X or Y financial reasons. But in, in the end, this is not a decision the NHL makes. With uh, Eben Novi Williams, a reporter for Sportico, talking about the uh, sale of the Sens. Uh, and you can follow uh, Sportico.com for uh, their latest story on this, which was uh, published uh, yesterday. On the Ryan Reynolds uh, front, he has, he has aligned himself with the Remington Group, uh, uh, it appears. If for whatever reason, uh, the family, I guess, ultimately doesn't decide to move forward with that group, whether for financial reasons or other, um, you know, I, I think you guys just talked touched on the fact that the NHL would like to have Ryan Reynolds involved. Do, is there an option from what you understand for him to kind of jump to potentially a, another group? Would the NHL help broker that? Or do you think he's all in on the group he's with and that's it? I don't know the specifics of, of, of Ryan and his relationship with the Remington group. But yes, there's absolutely a chance that uh, come a month from now that someone, a different group gets this and, and Ryan comes in as a, as a 1% uh, stakeholder. This, this happens actually a fairly good amount, less so on the celebrity side and more on the, on the investing side with, 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 with private equity and, 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 and other rich uh, men and women. But you often see later in the process groups either merging or groups coming together, uh, adding LPs, things like that. So Yes, it wouldn't shock me to, to see that if, if the Remington Group's bid is not the uh, the one that they end up going with, if Ryan ends up popping into a different group at some point. Um, I, I don't know the specifics of what his thinking is and, and what his relationship is like with them, but that would not be the first time that kind of late in the process, um, bidders in different groups reshuffled and, and realigned. Yeah, and Ryan Reynolds is a smart guy, and one of the smart things you do is work with other people's money. And people <laughs> had talked about him trying to own the team. I'm like, come on. And, and to this... No. When you go back to the build, no a building project, I was in D.C. when we put up the new building, and when you look at that 25 years later, when you talk about, as you said, the, the reference, and I'll say LeBreton Flats, when you look at the project in L.A., what that's done, what it's done to D.C., and there's just places, like Toronto, it's reshaped the entire downtown. Is that what 100%. you're looking at from the Ottawa perspective? Much smaller scale, but the recognition that, hey, this is a game changer for the city. Absolutely. Look at the look at the Edmonton Oilers. The, the yeah, valuation yeah, on yeah. the Oilers is so incredibly large. It's not a it's not a huge market. Uh, it's so incredibly large because of all the real estate that they own. And, and and there's so much synergies you can have with putting those things together. In other sports, the LA Rams are probably the pinnacle of this situation, right? They they moved the team, the, the football team, to to Los Angeles. They built a five billion dollar stadium. They're now hosting Super Bowls. They're hosting boxing matches college football playoff games. Um, it has become a, a cash register of sorts for, for Stan Kroenke, uh, who owns the team. He also owns the, 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 the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, so yeah, this is the, that's the dream. And, 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 and the, the stadium, as you guys know, the, the current arena is probably too far away from downtown. And, and I think the feeling for a lot of these bidders is 
the, the commercial success of the senators changes dramatically if the if the arena is easier and closer to get to. All right, uh, last question for you. As best that you know, kind of give us some timelines going forward of 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 what's going to happen next on what timeline and ultimately. Uh, given, uh, especially with the fact that we have, uh, you know, nine bids, you guys are reporting yesterday. Um, um, might that, I don't want to say complicate the process, but might that make, we have such a big group now, that might that make the process even a little bit longer dragging into later in the spring or summer before ultimately there's a decision? It, it certainly could. My sense from talking to people in and around this process has always been that this was going to be done in the spring. And I, I don't think that, that this news changes that. I mean, there was a time from what I understand that, that more like two dozen people reached out at the, at the very beginning of this process to, to, to gauge interest. So I think the people selling the senators and the Melnick family have been very aware that there is a, there's a lot of interest for a while now. Mm. I don't think this changes things. I, I would not be shocked if this process is wrapped up uh, within the next month or two, um, just because that's, that's generally how things go. Once you get a sense of who's there again, you, you have a good sense of who's real and who's not. And then, Things typically move fairly quickly from there. Okay. Uh, sorry, I got one more. I just want to retouch on, on that point you just brought up, which you talked about earlier, that with the, the nine bids that are in now, um, that the NHL and the family would look at them. And as you said, you can kind of separate who's serious and who's not. Is, is what they essentially have is just a number of we're willing to pay X? Are there other parts of the bid process which may be separating some groups than others? Or is it totally based on the valuation of their bid? There's certainly, yeah, there's definitely other things involved. And, and I don't know, there, there are sellers that really all they care about is that is the price. And, and you know, they, they, don't, they don't care that much more other than we want to maximize the value of this. And there are other, other sellers who care about specific things, things about the community, things about the arena, things about a uh, perfect example. And, and the Ottawa Senators are not moving. But oftentimes when a team sells, if, if it is in danger of relocating, Oftentimes, the the seller will demand that the when when you buy this team, you are signing a document that says this team is not moving. And for some bidders, that makes the team less valuable or makes it I'm not interested in buying this team. Right. So there's always little things that that can pop up that that sellers can can want or want to see. I would imagine that part of the Melnick sale process right now is thinking about what 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 who has the resources and who has a plan to do something either at LeBreton Flats or somewhere else. Uh, and I think one of the reasons why the Remington group ended up being Ryan Reynolds' group is that they have an extremely extensive history on the real estate side, right? I don't think that's a coincidence. Right. So my, my guess is that there's a lot of conversation in these, in these meetings and in these bids, specifically around the arena situation, in addition to just how much this team is worth. All right, good stuff. Great insight. I uh, really appreciate uh, your time this morning. I know you're about to jump on a flight, so uh, and great insight. To it. We'll link up uh, on, our, uh, on our social media the link to your story at Sportico. But uh, thanks for the time this morning. Really appreciate it. Thanks, I appreciate it.